what is going on i want to welcome you from half court for today wednesday september 28 2022 i'm your host sean murphy alongside my guy a jeff uh i afraid jeff what's good brother it's good to see you as always happy mother training camp week my guy feels good just just take a nice deep breath we're finally here boys all, all the off-season coverage now we get to do in-season coverage for a full season as me and sean do a woodward pistons we're going into it i'm excited man a lot of stuff coming up that people aren't ready for dude it's crazy to think about like i like i i even talked about this with jeff over the weekend i was like dude we started talking and doing from half court together when the Pistons relevancy in their games was at its lowest. And now we're going to be heading into a season where coach Casey himself said, this is the most competitive team he's had since he's been here. That was big. That, that just shows like, man, just imagine what we're going to do with that. But also a guy that's set to do numbers and ready to make a statement is our new Pistons beat reporter and beat writer for Woodward Pistons and Woodward Sports, Brandon Dent, a.k.a. my boy, Cook, 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 Kool-Aid, hey, my brother. Yo. What's going on, Thank man? Thank you, brother. Thank you. Hey, I appreciate the welcome. It's always nice when I'm able to be on From Half Court with the bros, Jeff, I, Freddie, and Mr. Sean Murphy. <laughs> I appreciate it. Oh, my brother, you're always welcome over Pleasure's here. Ours, you bro. know that, man. It's it's <laughs> it's crazy. It's it's you know it's 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 weird to think about because people might not people might forget a time when uh, before Woolworth Pistons table talk was a thing. Used to be on this channel every week. You know, doing oh brother, yeah, man. It was and uh, you know it's even still funny to go back and look at the very first episode we did <laughs> together. But now, man, the three of us we're heading into a full season of covering the Pistons together. And I'm super excited about that. But Kool-Aid, you're going to be specifically the beat reporter and the beat writer for uh, Woodward Pistons and Woodward Sports. What is that going to entail? What is that going to look like for your role? And what are you most excited for this season and with that ability to, to cover the team in person? Yeah, the most important thing to echo something that Mike Curtis said and uh, something that Rod really, really drilled into me the like first year that I was covering the Pistons is listen, 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 listen to what the team has to say. And when you do, it just breathes so much life into the season. Even before there's a basketball hitting the floor, even before training camp officially starts, you start to be able to kind of put the puzzle pieces together. I forget who used that analogy, but they stated, you know what, man, it's like you can really, really, really start to put the puzzle pieces together based on what these guys are saying they're working on and such. Um, and so just covering the team from a standpoint of what they're saying, um, putting, you know, obviously uh, disseminating the news that the team uh, and Pistons PR is is publishing and such, um, any roster news, uh, any, you know, um, cap news, anything, any organizational news, I uh, like the Bob Lanier stuff, uh, making sure that we can have that aptly and properly covered and not just from a standpoint of, you know, uh, kind of regurgitating the news, but also potentially getting into the deep dive of it all, producing some yeah. shows as well as uh, writing like you did today with the Bob Lanier piece. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. with that, you know, I'm going to be the associate editor. So with that, you know, like Kool-Aid, you're, you're kind of, you know, you're kind of the quarterback. I'm kind of the, 
I'm kind of the running back. You know what I mean? Like there'll be, there's going to be plays where it's your turn to go in and, you know, you're under center, you're calling the plays. You're going to be the one, you know, you know, uh, under the center, but there's going to be times where you're going to put the ball in my hands and I'm going to have to go make something. Hey, you know what truck, I mean? So, hey, Sean, do you know how to use a truck stick? Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. <laughs> I be hitting that truck stick. Oh, I'm spamming A in this man. I'm just like <laughs> stiff arming these mullets. Hey, bro, let's go. No, and man, that's, how, that's how it's going. We got Jeff, uh, you know, obviously working on some shows. We got him locking down Uncle T. Yeah, he's the content. face of it all, great, you know. He's content. the beauty of it all, you know, Mister Handsome Jeff Ifrady over there. You know? I just said, smile and wave, boys. It's smile, <laughs> boys, smile away. Let's go, hey Jeff. You you mind throwing a few locks over to me, bro? I got my, <laughs> my I got my young Kobe on. I love it. Right, man, right, you, keep going. you keep you forget that young Kobe had hair. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Middle age, Kobe. Right. So there we go. <laughs> middle of the career and you still be giving dudes buckets though yeah hey hey let's hey, this, this work this work. <laughs> <Let's do that. laughs> oh my gosh but no man, but all that love all, you guys. all that yeah love you too man but all that to say like you know we're the three of us in particular are going to be doing a lot together this season as far as covering the team a lot of content we're going to be making together uh potentially some shows that we're going to be making together so uh, you're gonna want to be in tune in that. You're gonna be want. You're gonna be wanting to follow Detroit Kool Aid for a lot of those updates and reports on the Pistons. But also, you're gonna want to be following Woodward Pistons as well because from half court is part of the Woodward Pistons family. You know, we are. You know, we are a network that covers the Pistons. We are the center of Pistons content and coverage. We have the best Pistons content in the state. I would argue we have the best Pistons content on YouTube. So if you'd like that, be sure you subscribe over to Wilbur Pistons on YouTube, follow them on Twitter, but also subscribe to From Half Court and follow us on Twitter as well at FH Court Pod, because that's where you're going to find the best Pistons and NBA coverage that you can find on the internet. I'm just telling you now. But with that, guys, it is, we, we talked about it. It is media day as of when we're recording. It is training camp week. It is finally time that's to talk some mother basketball and and with that i think i would be remiss if we didn't start with what everyone wants to hear and that is colin sexton debuted at utah jazz practice no no no, no, no. we got to talk the detroit pistons we got to talk about their media day and our takeaways now uh you know kool-aid jeff yes, I, jeff i know you were kind of busy during all that i know you were kind of tuning in when you could but I know you kind of also had to do some clips for, you know, Armani and Edwards. Those, how dare those guys have a production that you have to help with the nerve. Gosh, being a team player. What a prick. My goodness. But and, <laughs> Yeah. But in, in all seriousness, like Kool-Aid, like you and I, like we were, you know, intent, we were listening intently. And like you said, listen, listen, listen. And I think you and I did a lot of listening today. And if there's, any takeaway, and we just did a stream right before this too, giving a little bit of our, our thoughts. If there's anything we took away, it's that we feel pretty freaking vindicated because a lot of what they were touching on was what we felt like and what we were discussing all summer throughout our platforms. Yeah. What was what were some of the things that stood out to you? And what were some of the key themes that you took away 
from this day and from these press conferences. Yeah, the the most important thing that I heard, other than their their the aspect of family that they're subscribing to, is the goal that this family is working towards, and that's to compete every single night. And we were all trying to figure out where the Pistons were at in their stage of the rebuild all summer, and we kept going back to Kay Cunningham post All Star break. This team's record. We talked about Killian's best stretch was post All Star break. Hamidou Diallo's best stretch was post All Star break. Obviously, Marvin Bagley, when he entered this team and such, and what they looked like as it became more of a complete team, and they were less athletic last year, less shooters last year. Uh, and, you know, a player that we didn't really talk about a lot today in Boyan, you know, he, he wasn't here last year, you know. Um, so seeing that this team has not just a chip on his shoulder to kind of win – but to march towards the playoffs, at least that's what the players are saying. Uh, to put it in context, Troy and Coach Casey, they're saying that this team is ready to compete, not necessarily be in the contending stages, uh, but to be in the competing stages. They likened it unto Memphis Grizzlies, which was another um, kind of comparison that we made in the offseason. You know, trying to compare what rebuild did they look most like. Obviously, the OKC rebuild from uh, old is going to be one, but modern-wise – Memphis Grizzlies continue to be one. I know, Sean, that was one you were you were very, very high on as it relates to uh, especially the John Morant uh, comparison uh, with Jay and Ivy. Uh, but they obviously are centering it around what Kay Cunningham is going to be and then the supporting cast. And really talking about the stage that they were in, uh, this team shouldn't be an easy out any night. Uh, you know, and the players, Jay and Ivy, he's saying, look, we're trying to make the playoffs. And we banty to they be a playing team. Should we look at this team as a six seed? Are we, are we downplaying them? Is Cade really this, this star player? And should he elevate a team that we think has made some strides forward? You know, um, yeah, there, a lot of the different things and a lot of different questions we had, especially with some of the players like Isaiah Stewart and Isaiah Livers, and Killian Hayes, these guys all spoke to some of the points that we raised during the summer. So it was um, it was a, it was an awesome time to to kind of finally hear them speak, listen to them, um, and and get to work, man. The articles were 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 pretty cool to write today. Yeah, for sure, Jeff. I, I like I said, I know you're a little busy, but I, I know you still had near to what they were saying. I know you were still, you know, looking at a lot of the quotes and tuned in to you know to the session. What were what were some of your takeaways? What were some of the themes that you know that stuck with you? And what direction do you think this team's taken this year? I think on top of what Kool Aid said, it's the self awareness for me. I think that's the biggest thing that stood out because we talked about it even in our most recent video, one of our most recent videos, um, about where they feel like they are as a team. And, and the one thing we discussed was competitive basketball. And the mm. fact that Troy brought that up, this that, you know, listen, we're not there yet in Dwayne as well. We're not there yet, but we're trending in that direction and understanding there's a process to these things. Like we brought up the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies won 34 games in their first season with Taylor Jenkins, you know, and then made the play in. And then the following year, they won 50 plus games, not saying the Pistons are going to have that same trajectory. But in, in a given sense, it's really what you want to mimic. You, you want to take those steps. So this year I, I've said it. And listening and, and reading on about all the quotes that you you tweeted out, Kool Aid, just it kind of confirmed what I've already thought. And it was, listen, yeah. this team's going to come out; they're going to be hard to play against. Um, the win the win loss record is going to be better. They're going to improve, 
Uh, but I'll take, like I said, max 35 wins. I think that's kind of the area you're expecting this team to be. And I think this year they can do that. So the self-awareness is probably the one thing that stood out to me. And it just makes me respect Troy because a guy who sees has a, vis- a vision like he does, like those are really the best general managers. Like if you yeah. can have a vision and, and take it step by step, a lot of general managers act season to season. Like they just want to make their team better any given way possible and don't really have a, a direction or path. Troy sees that. And everyone always want like this fast offseason, sign this, sign this. Like there's there's a time and a place for this. And Troy sees that. So I can respect that about him. But really, Sean, it's it's the self-awareness, man. And I'm glad that Troy's at the helm because every all the fans are pretty much abiding and listening to every word this man says because of the stuff he's been saying. It, it's been coming true. So I'm excited for this season. But um, just the fact that they all have the same belief as the fans, it's just it's a cherry on top, man. Yeah. yeah. One more point on that. You know, I, I think it was very interesting that Troy, even before the season started, was able to trade a guy who was signed here in Kelly Olenek to be a starter for another guy who was a starter, whether Boyan starts or not. That blows my mind. We were just talking about this on the table, talking on our shows. Like, you know, I remember when, when Rod first said it to us, my ears were like, wait, what? <laughs> you think two people are going to get traded at minimum? He's like, yeah, it could be more. And that was before all of this stuff. So it's just, you know, a lot of the different hunches, um, they keep getting checked off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, and, And I think the other thing, too, is that not only did Troy Weaver, you know, speak to his confidence in this group, but he also gave action to it, too. I mean, before this press conference even, you know, even went live, it was announced that the team picked up the options of, you know, Isaiah Stewart, Sadiq Bay, Killian Hayes, Huge. and even Cade Cunningham for year for year three, which I mean, listen, a Cade one there is the least shocking one of them all, right? Isaiah Stewart, I think we all had a feeling he was gonna be on this team next year. Sadiq right. Bay, that one is pretty safe too. We talked about all summer how it felt like this was a make or break year for Killian Hayes. But they committed to him for another year. And today, one thing that stuck out to me in particular was Killian talking about his confidence, his confidence in his shot, his confidence in knowing what he needed to do this summer, how much he just went and played basketball. And a lot of people made a big deal of, oh, well, he just needed to be in the United States. Well, he went to the United, he was was in the U.S. a lot. He was in France a lot. But when he went to France, he was with the national team. He was getting run, he was playing basketball. But also, he looked, he looked, like, you know, we talk about how Cade looked like he gained muscle this summer. It looks like I it looks like Killian gained even more muscle too. And bit. and if he's if he's feeling as confident as he says he is about his jump shot, about his game, about being vocal on the defensive end, to me, Killian is one of the guys that my stock in him, you know, obviously media day you take things with a grain of salt because that's the day that everyone feels the most confident. It is quite literally the first day of school, and it's when they're handing you the syllabus. They quite literally they, tomorrow is when you know, like training camp is when it really begins, right? Right. But if we have, if we truly have a confident Killian Hayes, then that is a team that you can really see rising up more in the rankings than people might expect. I think this mm-hmm. is a team that a lot of people like are looking at. I know ESPN, I, I was watching their Eastern Conference preview, and they were that they were like one of the teams like, we're just not talking about the Pistons because I think a lot of people are just expecting them to kind of carry over 
from last year. But Kool-Aid, Jeff, I think you I think the three of us all are kind of having the sense that the Pistons are, and it's that this team, we don't know where they're gonna end up, but they're gonna be playing co- competitive basketball to the end mm-hmm. of the season. Yeah, and that's the danger in just dismissing this team because those competitive teams are the ones that shock you. Mm-hmm. We're not stating, I'm not stating the Pistons are going to make the playoffs, but it's those scrappy, hard-fighting teams that have just enough three-point shooting that can sneak into the playoffs. It's how you know we've seen teams do it year after year when the Cavs first did it. It's how they did that. They snuck in through good defense, hard play, good guard play, like dynamic guard play, and they snuck in. You know, they snuck up the rankings. So I, I think when you look at what this team is saying, you know, Killian Hayes, I'm excited and feeling confident. And what their focus is within winning, all of them continue to state defense, defense, defense on the defensive side of the ball. Killian Hayes stated on his role this season. Mm-hmm. That firstly, being that defensive voice, that leader on defense. You know, I don't know. I, I I'm not saying this team is going to make the playoffs, but would you be shocked if this team found a way to make it? It, it found itself in the six seed at some point late in the season. I no, I w- I mean, I wouldn't. And I think that says a lot because youth. There's no fear with those guys. Yeah. Like that's the number one thing. Like they don't know no better, and it's almost like it's it's a good thing now. They have to learn how to win. And, and, and I'm the, the best thing I took from it, too, with Killian Hayes speaking is him talking about his role. Because we talk about – Dwayne says this is the best team he's had. This is the best team Killian, you could argue, has been a part of. And now you, you, he doesn't have to be the guy. Like, if you get what I'm – like, for example, with Cade right. and Jaden Ivey, before it was Killian's our playmaker. He's our guy. And the expectations were there, and they're still there. But to an extent, it's like, well, we have Cade. We have – Jaden Ivey, like whatever we get out of Killian is just a cherry on top at this point. He's I one think of the playmakers now. It's, he is exactly. So instead of being the guy, he he's a beneficiary of what's around him. I think he's going to, um, you know, have a lot of fun playing with these guys. Like we talk about the bench he has now, even coming off the bench with Marvin Bagley, Alec Burks, like he has guys, veterans, but also that you have some lob threats. You're going to have livers possibly like the spacing he's going to have. He's set up to have a, a good season. I don't, I don't know about, you know, the numbers. They're going to have to really talk about that. But the confidence is what I wanted out of Killian. And, it, and it, I love when he says things like this. Now he has to go out and, and, and show it because, uh, like, it's like when we're watching all these, the, 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 the summer film of him working, and then you watch Summer League, and you're like, ah, I don't know what Killian I'm going to get. But no, nonetheless, I think just the confidence speaks of what's around him, too. The team being built around him. Um, everyone kind of understanding the role because that's the number one thing you have to kind of wait for too. Like now Sadiq yeah. in, in his second year, Killian in his second year last year, like kind of figuring out the pecking order. Now Killian's third year, like it's it's probably clearer as day than it was last year or the, or the previous year. So listen, three years in, about to be with Dwayne Casey, I think he's poised to at least – this is the most comfortable he should be. And I don't think there's really anything, no excuse for Killian not to go out and at least be productive. I think, well, you know, if, if, if we see a Killian like we have the last – past two seasons and he can't stay healthy then we have our question because i think he's going to be set up this season to have success individually so well, uh, i'm excited for him well and guys doesn't it say a lot that a guy that's that for all intents and purposes is having a more strict back role in the sense that he's going to be coming off the bench for all you know for all intents and purposes he's in a he's in a system with four point guards now if you yeah. include Corey joseph Cade cunningham jade and ivy there's four guards there's a reason why Saban Lee 
was moved this offseason. Like part of it was not just to go get a guy like like Bojan Bogdanovich, but also we just had so many guys in that room. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and, and I think, it was the strongest unit on the team. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But with that, you know, with Killian, not only is is he going, I don't really care if I'm a starter or if I'm off the bench, mm-hmm. but in addition, he's taking it, he's taking initiative to be a leader on the team. We've talked about how Killian has been timid and how he needs to be more aggressive. But now he's starting to show that initiative even off the court. How he's talking about during the press conference, how, you know, Killian's a guy where it's like, I literally don't even know if I heard his voice last year. You know what I mean? Like, that's just what it's like with Killian. Right. Now he's talking about how he wants to be a vocal leader on the defensive end. Who's expecting him to say that today? Show of hands. <laughs> I wasn't. He me. As soon as I heard it, I was like, whoa, 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 tweet that out. Tweet that out. Oh, my gosh. I was like, yeah. yeah. That's got to yeah. go on some article, bro. Yeah, exactly. Something like that, I didn't expect him. Like, because we all associate, you know, Killian's best skill set as being what playmaking and defense. But I don't ever really hear him say, you know, punctuatedly, I'm trying to go out there because we said it, bro. If you're a defensive player, go out there and live in the opponent's jersey, period. Yeah, and when they go back to the bench, bro, they should be dragging you with them. Like that's what that's what I want to see out of Killian because how much more offense does he serve himself if he's a great defender? Right. Yesterday, you know, so it was awesome to hear that this is what he's making the priority over three point shooting, over trying to become a better ball handler, over trying to get to the rim more. The first priority for him is go out there and honestly find a way to be the second coming of of, of Lindsey Hunter at the very freaking least. Now yeah. Lindsay can shoot that thing though. So I'm yeah. hoping secondarily that's uh that's Killian something that, that Killian's working on too. And that is the other thing is Killian did say he did work a lot on his shot this summer yeah. as well, and that he is feeling confident in where his shot's at there. So I'm really excited about that. But I think I think guys, another piece that we have to talk about, and this is a name that you know everyone's waiting for. It's like, when are we gonna talk about Kane? When are we gonna talk about Kane? Like you know, that's like you know, probably the you know, forefront of everyone's mind whenever you think about the Pistons, right? I, I, you know, we talked about this on the stream, you know, a bit of a bit ago, Kool-Aid. Yes, sir. Not only how physically Cade looks unrecognizable just from his, his size and his bulk and, and where he's at in that area, but demeanor wise, if you look at where Cade was at this time, you know, this time last year versus where he's at yeah. now, it's a whole other planet. I mean, Cade was, uh, you know, when, when Cade was, uh, you know, coming into the league, you know, on media day, he was just excited. He was enthusiastic. He was, you know, he was just happy to be there, pumped for what what was coming. You know, it was, you know, he he had lofty goals of, of, of the playoffs, obviously. But, you know, it was more so about finding his way in the league, you know, and, and focusing on getting better every day. Kate yeah. Cunningham looked like he was like going into year five today, the way that he was talking and the way that he looked locked in. And it was specifically how he talked about how, you know, getting his body right, getting his mind right, getting, you know, getting into that place. And he seems to have such a fundamental understanding of that. And he just turned 21 years old. So Kool-Aid, Jeff, yeah. I, I don't know about you guys, but that was just something that stuck out to me very very profoundly was just Cade's maturity both this offseason both physically 
mm-hmm. and mentally too. He took it to another level. One of the most important times in, in a young player's career is from rook, their rookie year to their sophomore year. Like seeing the difference because Caden is we saw it in his rookie year, like you said, Sean, a little more timid. He still was that leader, but more so just focused on getting better every single day. You know, the stuff that you say as a rookie. Now it's like, hey, I'm him. Like I'm I'm getting that praise. I'm Hemi Neutron. I'm I'm Hemi Neutron. Getting that praise from other players like Kevin Durant, DeMar DeRozan, like it's it's different yeah. when you have confidence in yourself, but when you hear it from not only local media, because we 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 drown Caden in all the time. We love that man, but on top <laughs> of that getting that national uh, appreciation. I think he's starting to realize like, you know what? Like I knew I should have been the number one pick, but like, I, I know how hard I've worked even in the off season now adding 20 pounds, 15 pounds of muscle. It's like, dude, for, for a guy that comes into the league and is so far advanced mentally, like usually it's the opposite. Usually guys are coming in and they have to, you know, their basketball IQ has to get better, but physically they're there. They're everything's put together. They're built. It's the opposite. Cade came in with a basketball IQ of a five-year vet, but he had to get there physically. Like, and I feel like that's a that's probably where you'd prefer to be for Cade. Like, add muscle. He already has everything else. You you want to see him clean up a couple parts of his game, but I love those words from Cade, man. It just it shows because where this team is going to go in the future is dependent on that man and being a leader. Because it's different 100%. when Killian's saying something or your best player is saying something. It, it's yeah. completely different. As much as I love Killian, Isaiah Livers, I think those guys are going to be good little leaders for the team. But overall, like the buck stops with Cade Cunningham, and yeah. listen, yeah. I, I love that he's a franchise cool. player. Yeah, and Kool-Aid, even Dwayne Casey, he literally said today when he first saw Cade come into the practice facility, he didn't recognize him. Yeah. He was, you know, like like when your coach is like, oh, hey, Cade. Like, yeah, he's really been Cade. working, working, not just saying it, bro. And, yeah, and, exactly. and, he, got, and he got the beer, too. And again, yeah. mind you, Dwayne Casey's not just a guy that's like just going to say that about anybody. This is a guy who's been doing player development for years mm-hmm. and who has worked with some of the best players in the league. So yeah. for him to Casey have that seemed, type of statement. Yeah. Casey seemed pleased with all of the players, with the condition of all of his players. It didn't seem like there was one that he didn't gush about today. And, uh, you know, with Cade, he said, you know, to back up your point, Jeff and Sean, having all that knowledge from last year helps a lot and will help me be free and more comfortable going into the season this year. He talked about his rookie season being one that, Now he knows how to prepare his body and his mind for it. He didn't know how to prepare last year. And that's that's something we've talked about with with other players and such. But he had the right group around him to to probably be in his ear, starting with, you know, Supremo uh, player developer, uh, Coach Casey. You know, but I think uh, the funniest quote that we got from Cade Cunningham, the funniest quote, let me find it here. Uh, ah, yeah. <laughs> he says he loves Detroit music and can't even say it's slept on, right? And so to continue on in the music thing, he says, I'm not a rapper. I'm a Detroit Pistons basketball player. Kay Cunningham. <laughs> we, will, we will leave some people nameless. I will personally. But I'm, I'm sure, and I, I tweeted this earlier, that that's thing some fans wish a certain former franchise piece. God, I wish Andre would have lived by that, man. Just focus on basketball. <laughs> Stop with your terrible club rap. Like your 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 dog auto tune. Like you don't you don't gotta dance around it, Kool Aid. I'll say it for you. Drumming, drumming, drumming. That boy's up to nothing when he's on the microphone. Yikes! 
Yikes. I don't I don't think I've heard I've ever heard one of Andre Drummond's tracks. Good. I just I've Keep never I told myself don't don't listen to it. I, I, I listen. Uh, that is that is a Pandora's box. You are best to keep closed because you don't want ear damage. But anyway, that's a whole other conversation for all the day. We love Andre for what he does. Yeah, respect, but, respect. But holy, with the music now, nah, I'm with you on that one, man. I'm yeah, with man, you all the way because you're right, man. You, at the very least, if you don't know what you're doing, like if you're not as high IQ as Cade, which makes him the reason why you take Cade number one. At least, bro, don't be in the studio. Find yeah. yourself in a gym. Find yourself next to another big man. Find yourself in a gym with a stretch big. What did we see all summer with our guys? We got pictures of our guys with some of the top guys in the NBA. That's what we've seen. We didn't really – I don't really remember seeing that with Drummond unless he was running in a pro league or like a prime league or something. I don't really remember seeing too many pictures of Drummond with well, the other stars of the league like we see with K, like we see with Ivy, like we see with some of our young guys. Like we see even Killian. Well, even like – when did you hear of like those guys hanging out back in the I, day? I was just going to say that too. I'm like when these guys are out partying, it seems like they're stuff. together. Like they're, they're together hanging out yeah. as yeah, opposed this, to individual. Yeah, this team – Seems a lot more connected and a lot more like a brotherhood and family. The previous team, it seemed like they were trying to create that culture, but it was a bunch of different parts and pieces that they just brought in. Right. These young guys, you got Jay and Ivy saying, yo, this is wild to me because I was just last year looking at Kay Cunningham getting drafted saying, yo, it would be crazy to play with them. And now I'm literally here playing with them. This is awesome. Like I, I never thought I would get the opportunity type stuff like that. These guys are excited to play with each other. Cade even said they asked him about being a leader, and he was talking about, you know, whoa, whoa, whoa. I naturally like to talk and speak up, but we got a lot of guys on the stand that can do a lot of good things. You know, just hear the way the squad talks, man. Like, I don't care if I'm a starter or off the bench. And then to hear, oh, my gosh, and I'm going to find the quote later, but um, one of the players state, no, this is something that Troy is pushing from, you know, Troy and Coach Casey are pushing this family atmosphere. It's together. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was just going to say, it comes from the top. It's mm-hmm. always top top to bottom, man. I mean, look well, across the NBA. Mm-hmm. Well, and speaking of Jaden Ivey, another thing that was pretty prominent today, and, you know, listen, anything can change. Anything can happen. But if you got to if, – if you were ever wondering Jaden Ivey's commitment to Detroit, wonder no more because one of the things he said during the press conference was, quote, I want to be a piston for life. This guy is locked mm-hmm. into Detroit. This is where he wants to be. And the other thing that stuck out to me as well during the press conference, I know a lot of people are comparing Jade Ivy to Russell Westbrook. And listen, I know a lot of people wince when they hear that comparison, right? <laughs> like even Jeff like shook his head right there, right? Like there's like there's good things about being compared to Russ. But here's oh, the yeah. difference. I'm with you. Here's the difference, and Jeff, you and I have talked about this. Kool-Aid, you and I have talked about this. The difference between Russ and the difference difference between Russ and Jaden Ivey is that Russ is going to be him until the day that he dies. He's not getting advice from nobody because he's he's Russ. He's going to do his thing the way that he's going to do it. It's what got him. Former MVP. Yeah. Whereas Jaden Ivey is the son of a coach is a is a gym rat Kate Cade Corey Joseph you know everyone talked about how he's always asking questions he's always looking to get better he's always looking for feedback he's always in the gym and this is a guy that like 
he even talked about himself like yeah i know my shots got to get better like he knows that he has to improve as a rookie and there's things that he's gonna have to come in and learn like obviously he has his his sights set high i know there's a lot of people that have varied you know opinions like i know uh you know uh steve burke you know who we had on last week like he's not he's not the biggest ivy fan you know like there are people out there that are not the biggest ivy fans but i think one thing that you can say about Jaden ivy he's he's hungry to learn he's hungry to get better and he's hungry to be coached and that's something that's like a like when people bring up the difference like that's where it is and like this is a guy that like he's bought into being a piston for life and he's bought in to playing that role alongside Cade. Yeah. You know, he's got all the way in. Yep. You know who he reminds me of mentally? Just his mentality. Sadiq Bay. And he has that tutelage with Jay Wright and Villanova. And we all know how they came out and, and they were saying it. Casey said it. Oh no, we wanted his preparedness. You know, we 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 knew what type of player we were gonna get with Sadiq Bay. You know, and that's kind of what I'm I, the vibes that I get with Jay Nivey being the son of a coach and being in the Big Ten. Uh, and, and having pretty good coaches, uh, both in high school and in college, you know, mm-hmm. is a guy that's going to come in and, and play the right way, play hard, and, and realistically, nowhere to be, man. Yeah, Gee, for sure. I want to get his actual quote, but um, yeah, yeah, and I want to takeaways. Yeah, I want to say too with, with Jaden Ivey, that quote he said, I want to be a piston for life. It's crazy because if it was anybody else other than Jaden Ivey, you, you, when you first hear that, you're like, okay, well, a lot of guys do say that. You know, I want to be X for life. And then things happen down the line. But I really do believe Jaden Ivey is different because of his ties to Detroit. And like you yeah. said, the Russell Westbrook comparison, the reason why I shook my head is not because I. I, you know, hate Russell Westbrook as a player, whatever it is. Cause I, I, I trust me when those, the picture came out with Jaden Ivey and Russell Westbrook, I loved it. But the reason why I don't see it is because I, I hate these comparisons, not just Jaden Ivey, but in general saying, you know, we do it for the lions. Amon Ross St. Brown can be the next blank. Yeah. I just, I don't like that. I, I think Amon Ra and Jaden Ivey have the right to be the next Jaden Ivey. I think he's going to be very the first different himself. Like, Ab- yeah. Absolutely. Because he's just, he's different. I think in one thing he has going for him, is he's walking into a team that already is is having that culture instilled. It's already there. It, rather than Russ in Oklahoma where there's not really a culture, and Russ now takes that initiative, and Kevin Durant and him didn't really have the best communication. I think Cade and Jaden are going to have great communication. They're going to have good chemistry. Now there's going to be ups and downs to begin the season because they're going to have to learn how to play together. But I, it's the most important thing in, in how this is going to work is those two have to hold each other accountable. Like they they've really been talking do. from day one, Jeff, and that's the key. That's the key. I mean, if you want these, this thing to work, and, and you know, listen, you can talk about backcourts, or you can talk about a duos in the league that haven't worked out. A lot of the time, it was because of miscommunication. Like, and I'm, this is an extreme example, but even Kobe and Shaq, things that the reason why they didn't work out. Now, reflecting back on it, when Kobe was alive, R.I.P. Kobe. Like one thing they talked about was it was that lack of communi- communication, understanding what each other's needs and wants are rather than having two guys with, you, you know, humongous egos. Like, Kate and Jaden are really the opposite, and they're yeah. they're guys that, that want to just put their head down and work. And, and if you're a Pistons fan, I mean, how can you not be excited? Yeah, I mean, Kate's Cade's the guy that wants to that wants to help his teammates get better, and Jaden Ivey's the guy that wants to do whatever it takes to be the best teammate that he can be. And so I think with that, like, a lot of people talk about, you know, how is that going to fit? Like, how, like you know, like, a lot of people throw out all the time. It's one of my, you know, it's like, it's like one of those things like everyone just it's like a crutch that people go to there's only one ball it's like well yeah like no (laughs) No there's only one ball that's how this game works but like the reality (laughs) of it is is that there has like 
you know, it's again, we come back to, we talk about, you know, Isaiah Thomas, the secret of winning, the secret of, you know, the secret to winning basketball is that it has nothing to do with basketball is that it has, has to do with what teammates, you know, it's like, a, it's, it's about the guys that buy into the team that buy into what it takes to win. And Jaden Ivy, Jaden Ivy is one of those guys. Like, you know, like I, you know, like people also like they get hung up on like the John Morant comparison. Cause it's like, no, he's not John Morant. <laughs> Cause it's like, you know, John Morant is literally like, like our current day Allen Iverson. Like he's crazy. Right. Yeah, yeah. But like, even if he's not like fully John Morant, like you said, like he can go out and be himself. Like I know the names that are thrown out for him are crazy. Like Dwayne Wade, John Morant, like, like there's, there's big expectations with this kid, yeah. but there's a yeah. reason why, man, it's not yeah. just because of the physical intangibles. It's because of what's up here too. And and real quick, before you go, Brandon, I want to mention this point too. I think the benefit and you brought up John and just made a light bulb go off in my head. The, the difference between, and I keep bringing this up, but Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and, and maybe John Morant and what they're doing with Memphis is there's no culture with Oklahoma City. Like there's, it was a new franchise. You know, Kevin Durant made the switch from Seattle to Oklahoma City. The the Grizzlies with that young core, like in, in Oklahoma had to overcome that and eventually make an NBA finals and win games. But with, with the Grizzlies, yeah. they have the grit and grind. They have those previous teams that they understand, like, the culture is already instilled here. We just got to get this thing and built it, you know, back up from the ground. Like the, the thing with Jaden and Cade, there's already history here with this franchise. And I think that helps them as well because it's like, guys, we know the, the key to success. We just got to go mimic it. And, and a lot of the success we've had in Detroit was working hard, putting your head down, being blue collar. I mean, all of the, you know, the, the phrases. Yeah, but they talked about that too. But, but that's, that's the, I guess, yeah. greatest benefit of this franchise. And, and both those guys, as humble as they are, because like the Grizzlies, there's a history there and it's easier to get back up because you're just, it's the same message that gets preached from the top to the bottom. So that's just another benefit, man. From half court is brought to you by Manscaped. When we talk about post players, there is few better players in the restricted area than our friends over at Manscaped with great products, such as the lawnmower 4.0 with skin safe technology, the weed whacker, their deodorants, lotions, and more Manscaped is unrivaled when it comes to the men's hygiene game. Serving over 8 million balls worldwide. That's a lot of testicles, ladies and gentlemen. So if you're finding yourself in need of Manscaped products, be sure to go to manscaped.com and use code HALFCORE at checkout because that can get you 20% off plus free shipping. Our friends at Manscaped sent us these products and I can tell you that they are absolutely for real. I have been absolutely satisfied and in love with their entire product line from boxers, t-shirts, the lawnmower 4.0 to the to the weed whacker, ear and nose trimmer. You can really not go wrong. Be sure to go to manscaped.com and use code HALFCORD at checkout for 20% off plus free shipping. Thank you again to our friends at Manscaped for sponsoring this video. I mean, you even have, I mean, you even have guys like Marvin Bagley saying these are the best teammates he's ever had. Ever. That that was just like, wow. He's like, yeah. he's excited for the season. That's a lot of the guys, you could feel the excitement oozing off of them and just, you know, well, with, 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 oh yeah, go ahead, Sean. Go well, on. and even him, even with him too, real quick, I just want to touch on people are talking about like, you know, like people are, have very tempered expectations with what, with what Marvin Bagley can be. But if you listen to what he even was saying today, his focus isn't on just coming in and pitching in and playing a role. His focus is is on how he can be great, how he can get better every day. Like this is a guy that before we were like, I don't know, he doesn't really seem too invested or too bought in. Now, completely different conversation. It, his drive is there. 
Hate have have you heard those quotes in Sacramento? I've never, I don't think I've heard Marvin on a consistent basis say, yeah, I'm just going to keep working. You know, these are great. I have such great teammates, like talking about his work ethic with Detroit. Boom. One yeah. year on under at really half a season and then an off season. It's like that light bulb is just boom. Like now I understand, you know, Hey, listen, I, this is a great team. I know where I, I, I need to fit in. And again, it goes back to that self-awareness that gets preached from Troy to the bottom. So the, the best thing you could have for any team is, is for guys to be self-aware. And it seems like every team, every player on the Pistons right now understand what they need to do and how to do it. So it's great. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I had the privilege of being able to talk with DJ Baker, uh, Motor City Crews head coach. Yeah. And the reason why I call that even more so of a privilege than just, hey, I got to go there and kind of do a duty or a job is because of how connected the Pistons are to their G League franchise in a role that that place, you know, and it was important. It was pretty cool to kind of ask them a couple questions and just see where their mindset is. And the culture of this team is at the top of everything that they do. The culture, the culture, the culture, their standard and their culture is key. And uh, Rob Murphy and DJ Baker both state that, that Troy Weaver is very, very adamant about this. And coach Casey, obviously with the role that he plays from not just the development but just staying in contact with his guys from the standpoint of family, like Jalen Duran say, oh, yeah, me and Coach, no, we ain't talking about my roles. They're like, you and Coach haven't talked? No, 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 me and Coach talk. But every time we talk, it's about my family. He always checks in and talk and asks me about my, how me and my family are doing. I was just like, wow. Like, like, like you would think that this coach who found, some fans are saying he could potentially be on a hot seat or they don't like what he's doing, you would think he would be like, oh, let me get to the X's and O's of it. And it was more or less like, no, this is about the culture of it all. And that's what I got uh, from talking with DJ Baker. That's what I get every time I hear these guys speak. And you hear how excited they are about family. And I think it helps when you have good, high IQ young players. And that was yep. the point I was trying to make with, with Jade and Ivy, reminding me of Sadiq Bey. They come from you know heavily coached backgrounds. And I believe that that helps when you have a, a young team coming together to play. Um, it makes it a lot easier because their eyesight, their focus is not just on the goal ahead, but the guys to the left and to the right of them. And it's a group of guys that all genuinely want to see each other succeed and thrive. Exactly. And and that's that's crucial to have, especially when being realistic, we're heading into a camp and we're heading into you know a, a stretch of a few weeks here where there's going to be some legitimate competition. You know, not just for. You know, not just for minutes and and spots in the rotation, but starting spots, figuring out who's going to be like, I I think there's only right now two guys I would say that are locked in the starting lineup or or really just three guys. I would say Cade's going to be in there. I think we can all say that. I think we can all say Isaiah Stewart's probably going to be the starting center day one, you know, with Nerland Zoell, with his health, like him kind of talking about him getting ramped back up. I don't think there's anyone competing with him for that spot. And Sadiq, Sadiq started. Like, there's just no other way around it, right? Ooh, you know, push button uh, for Jared Ivey? Well, here's the thing. I mean, one of the things Dwayne Casey said today as well was how they're going to put the team players out there that are going to give them the best chance to win. They're going to, they're like, mm-hmm. we're, they're talking about how they're going to give minutes regardless of age. We're going to give minutes to the people that are producing, the people that are, and that's, and that's the, that's the thing to take away is not like, it doesn't just mean that this team is competing on a night to night basis. As far as like, we're trying to win games. No, like buddy Bayheim's not going to just get minutes at some point this season, just to, just to test him out. 
He's going to get minutes if he earns it. Jalen mm-hmm. Duran is going to get minutes if he earns it. So any of this narrative and any of the people going like, oh, well, why aren't the young guys getting minutes? Well, the answer is going to be this year because they're not producing. And yep. that's the shift in mentality this year. I think it's or, important to bring up. And that's why. Or it used to be it's because they're just not producing. Like when we had no talent. Now it could just be because the team is too good. The guys mm-hmm. ahead of them are just producing more. Yep. And that's now. the trait that I'm hoping to see out of this team this year, that if Duran and Ivy are blocked, it's because Marvin Bagley and Killian Hayes and some of these other guys have just taken some magnanimous leaps forward. That, and they talked about that internal growth. That's what they're going to depend on. They said, we, in our rebuild, uh, Weaver said this, it depends on our internal growth and guys taking the next step forward. Now, again, I expect I expect Ivy to start day one. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm a betting man, I think he's going to start day one. Mm-hmm. But I, I would argue, I think the whole mentality and I think everything they've said is they're going to have to earn it. Mm-hmm. I think that's the correct way to approach it, too. Like, I, I would, would I prefer, you know, Jaden Ivy to start? Yeah, you want to rip the band aid off. You want to, you want him to, to play together right away and, and figure yeah. it out. But overall, that, that's what you want to hear from Dwayne. I mean, let's be honest. I get people's yeah. initial reaction would be, no, why can't you play, you know, everybody? This is a season of, you know, because I always say it's a season of figuring out what you have, but you can still do that by making these guys. You have to play well, period. And like, what else would you guys want to happen at, at this point? Guys, you know, understand that we talk about culture. Culture is important. How do you build culture? By setting standards like Dwayne and, and Troy have been doing. So I, I love it, man. I mean, I have no problem with what Dwayne said. If you, if, and, and listen, I love how you said, uh, Brandon, your, uh, your Killian Hayes light bulb went off because that's a good point. Like this is a guy, and listen, we're not targeting Killian, but that's the reality. Like Killian, I mean, things could go from 100 or, or 0 to 100 from a standpoint of like a guy's role at the beginning of the season might not be the same role at the end of the season. And yep. I'm not just talking Killian. I'm talking about for everybody. So I, I love it, man. Build a culture where guys are constantly competing, not in a negative uh, way or a negative light because you see the, the family atmosphere they have, but competition. No. Competition. Yeah. It, man. Do, like, does anybody want to see Killian just settle into a bench role or right, be right. there because Jaden Ivey has proven to be a superstar? Right. Or at least a star. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's that's the notion. You're like, yo – Killian's out here now. He's actually looking like that 10, 7, and 5 guy or whatever we're looking for. It's just, or he could, if he got more time, get 15 points. But in the same time, Jaden Ivey is just that much better. That's that's the scenario. That's what we want to see. All these guys taking strides forward and the rookies proving that they were worth their their draft compensation, their draft selection. And I think one last takeaway that we can have from, uh, from media day, from the focus that and, and, and from the statements that have been made and both from the actions and from the press conference today, all of this, all of this, you know, should we go for Victor talk? We can put that to bed. That ain't happening. Y'all there's no, there's just no reality where this franchise, mm-hmm. the only way I see us <laughs> shifting any focus at all this year towards going for Victor Wembanyama is if both Cade and Ivy somehow got injured on the same play and are both out for the season. Bro, but like, I got wood desks all around me, so I'm oh knocking yeah. on all of it. Shelves, 100%. But like ultimately, everything. the point being, there's just not a world. Making sure they're good. There's yep. just not a world where the Pistons are going for the number one pick this year. It's no. just not happening. Not, not by choice. Not, not, no. Like, no. 
How does K feel? You know what I mean? Hey, K, we want Victor really bad. Wait, I thought I was a connected elite. Y'all believe in me? This imagine that. Jay Nivy yeah. saying, like, I'm trying to win this year. Like, that's my mindset. Hey, no, guys, we we believe we need Victor so much, so and, much more. And I want and I listen, I get the the you know fascination with Victor. I'm not gonna say, you know, I'm not gonna disagree with anybody there, but the reality is, guys. If you if you aren't in a position to get Victor, by default, by a, a byproduct of that would mean what? Your players got better, and you know what you have. You may be fine with the players you have right now, but I get it. People always want to look for more and more talent. But even Troy said, like the, the point you guys made earlier about listening. If you if people would listen to what Troy's been telling you guys, like telling you, not I'm not talking about you guys. I'm talking about fans in general. You would already have known that they're they're kind of trying to scale back and going and just consistently grabbing first round talent. It's okay to get first round talent, but to be in the top ten for five, six years, this ain't Philly. You're not busting on these picks. You, you want to have guys you can keep around, and if you're doing that, they they don't have room to bring in. I mean, listen, yeah. if you bring in Victor, will I complain? No. But the reality is, if you're not in a position to get them, that means players are getting better, and you're you're going to be just fine. And part of why you made the trade to go get Bojan Bogdanovic and you give up guys that they liked, right. like Saban Lee and Kelly Olenek, who they even said were two guys they didn't want to give up. Proven but player. Part of why they did it was because they needed to get older. And they mm-hmm. talk about how this team's talented. They're young, but they're talented. And so with that, you know, there will be growing pains. There will be things they anticipate, but at the same time, there will be standards and there will be growth. And so with that, I think, you know, now, that we're heading into preseason. I think it's going to be about looking at the competitions that will be throughout camp for, you know, for roles, for starting spots. And I think those are going to be the conversations we're going to be have looking forward. So be sure that you're looking on what we're Pistons for all that coverage there for as far as video content, but also as far as, you know, all the articles that we're going to be writing, you're going to be on, you're going to want to be on worldsports.com as well. So be sure that you're checking out that, but guys, media day today, was not just for the Pistons, but it was for the vast majority of the NBA as well. One thing I want to touch on real quick, a guy that we touched that we talked about a lot at the beginning of this summer before the NBA draft was DeAndre Ayton. And uh, specifically, there were a lot of things today that happened at Phoenix Suns Media Day um, that weren't the most comfortable because it was, you know, obviously the Robert Sarver situation was looming over them. You know, there's a lot of things happening with the Phoenix suns. Right. But a lot of the questions today were what, how was Deandre Ayton going to feel? How was he going to be after all the crap he went through this summer? And we got our answer. Boss, so you got that clip, man. Oh, of course. Look at, wait, hold this on. Just speaks, this just speaks. But, for before itself. before you play it, look at, look at and I know this is like mid pause right now, but look at his posture when he's talking. By the way, because you could tell he's he's chilling. Bro, he's he's like, listen, I'm I'm here. They mad. Yeah. Thank you, NBA, for for restricted free agency. Thank you, guys. Yeah, he's Thank like, I just got my bag. Douchebags. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that, this just speaks for itself. He's like, Congratulations on obviously getting the getting the deal. Um, just maybe your your thoughts that now that 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 you got that. Maybe what was your initial reaction once the Suns matched the pace was off? I was happy. It was all done. I guess. That's it. Yep. Okay. Congratulations. 
Listen, I mean, uh, I don't know about y'all, but that is not a guy that is that is no, that is thrilled wait, with being a Phoenix what? son. He's he's pissed, and and I don't blame him because guys, you have to think about it. It's, there's two ways to look at it from DeAndre's perspective and in a business perspective. Like like you know the the Phoenix Suns have looked at it, and that's we don't want to pay you what you want, so go out. Let's go see who will pay you, and we'll just match that. And from a player's perspective, that's you know you guys are at, you guys are at, what what, that, what what a terrible thing to do. But from a business perspective, it makes I mean that's it's it's a good move by the Suns. But I get why DeAndre would be upset because it's like if you were going to pay me all along, we should have had an extension already done. Yeah. But again, so I'm not I'm not you know throwing shade at DeAndre. I think he's rightfully so upset. But this ain't the time to be upset, my man. I well, mean, season well, starts in a couple weeks. Well, well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's a lingering effect. Of of a, of the ultimate thing that's that's looming on the Phoenix Suns right now, and it's Robert Sarver. Even though he's selling the team, you know th- this is the ramifications of of him being the owner. Because one of the things, you know, even though this wasn't in the report, this isn't one of the reasons why he's selling the team. Robert Sarver was a cheap ass. Like that's just who he was throughout <laughs> his entire time owning the team. And like there were quite literally times where role players sat down with him, were like, "Hey, this is what I think I'm worth." This is why I think I should be back on the team. This is what I think I contribute. And they, and he was like, great. I'm just not going to pay you, though, because I don't have to. And that's just who Robert Sarver is. So Robert Sarver played all these games with DeAndre Ayton throughout this, this offseason. He didn't give him the contract after the finals run when, quite frankly, he should have. It loomed. It costed them in that game seven against Dallas. And now it's going to possibly loom even more this season. And now you even have Jay Crowder asking for a trade so he's gone too so listen but, man there's just a lot of things about this sun's team where it's like red flags on red flags on red flags and i think the the thing that makes me question everything too is and i get what you're saying because I, I agree sarver is he suspect but on top of that the suns they extended <laughs> mike hell for four years for 90 they're trying to extend cameron johnson who probably will get you know, somewhere in that ballpark, you extend, you have already have DeAndre, uh, excuse me, Devin Booker on a max deal, like max, max deal. Yeah. Like why wouldn't you pay your supposedly franchise player in DeAndre? And there must've been question marks, not from, from a top, you know, a front office from an maybe an ownership from maybe from Robert Sarver about like the skeptic, just being skeptical about DeAndre and maybe his mentality, you know, cause we, we talked about the reports that came out. I don't know if, how true these are, but just his, his work ethic off the court, um, or on the court rather, you know, in, in the off season. So for me, it's like, if you're guys, if you're extending all these guys, it has to be something with Deandre specifically, because it's not like they haven't been afraid to give out contracts, but they are trying to trade uh, Jay Crowder. So, I mean, who knows at this point, probably because of the Cam, Jan- uh, the Cam Johnson extension, that's probably going to get done soon. Yeah, for sure. I mean, ultimately like, you know, they they have a lot of financial situ- decisions to make, and, right. you know, that, you know, that's definitely something. But, you know, I, I just think at the same time, I don't know about y'all. I don't know if I've had if I've ever seen a championship team, you know, at the end of the season with this type of beginning, with this no. type of media day, with this type of, you know, off season stuff that's looming. Like, I feel like this is just a survival year for them. Yeah, Chris Paul, the quote by Chris Paul, too, like he did. And I don't know the specific, you know, statement of him, but just seeing the quote, he said, you know, it's, it's probably a part of his quote, but I didn't learn anything from the Dallas Mavericks series. It's like, so you lost by 40 
in the game set. I mean, what, what did you learn, Chris? Like that, there's, there's a lot of problems going on in Phoenix right now. It's, and I already see the Pistons fans, Devin Booker to Detroit. And listen, I love Devin Booker. He's my favorite player in the NBA. I'll, I have a Jersey hanging up in my room right now, but come on, come on. And this is why, this is why you smell, say Devin Booker? you smell that it's that season. It's the hopium. You know what I mean? Like we're, we're, no, now that he's been he's he's been <laughs> I swear like, even, it even will be your boy who, who's going to suggest it. It could be your closest friend, but yeah, I, listen, Phoenix is a dumpster fire. I, I Right now, on paper, like save, they our, save him, Sean. Shave him. Go and get your city men out of that guy, out of that, out of out of Phoenix Suns, bro. Go. Aren't y'all from Grand Rapids? Oh yeah, man, my fellow. Yeah, he and I go way back from all of our times around the the, the oh. Grand Rapids together. Of course. Go, go, save him. He's calling out to you. He's he's wearing like oh four Pistons gear. Come yeah, on, man. man. He's riding around what would in cars even... about, yeah, the Wilbur Dream Cruise. He's what... just practically crying and dying to be a Detroit Pistons. What would that even look what would that even look like? Like Jay Navy at the Jay Navi at the one, Devin at the two, and Kate at the three with 20 pounds bulking. Like what what are we talking here? I or mean, Jay Navi I mean, I mean, I mean listen, this is a – Listen, that's a whole other rabbit hole. That's a whole other conversation like we, for a whole other day. It's too much. It's too much to digest this early no, in the season. It's it's Katie a day. These guys haven't even suited up yet. I know. And here comes we're the going trade, down. The we're office. going down like free agency in hey, like 2027. I'm gonna be honest you. with you. I, I've been seeing. I haven't been seeing Is too many little trade song? machines. I haven't been seeing too no. many little trade machines in the off season. I mean, I saw one, and, and by you know, I'm not going to name names, but for Russell Westbrook, and it almost made me puke. But on top of that, bro, there's some dog shit trade machines. Terrible like, just in the Pistons. Like it's, it's terrible. It's people it's, that are trying to like have a voice, and I'm just like, it's terrible. What? I can't wait for the season, boys, because that means get get ready for the trade machines. <laughs> I'm just yeah, I'm just ready for all the overreactions from the bad. Yeah, me too. Those are my favorite, especially from people that call themselves pundits great but anyway um another thing as well um that uh that i noticed today from uh you know from media day zion williamson talk about i mean look at this physical transformation this was zion at media day last year you think and this was zion at media day this year his face look at his face is look look at his face dude slim down man so slim you can see the dimples in like the in like the The actual like structure of his face yeah the guy is at an incredible shape he looks like a completely different person he is ready to go man and and all i'm saying we could be in I, I I'm tempted to I'm tempted to say we could be in for an MVP candidate caliber season from Zion. I I'm serious, man. I mean, a guy who puts up like 26 per game on like 60 percent shooting percentage, and he's and he's. I mean, if he plays an old season, Sean, I don't think you're crazy. They just extended CJ too. I mean, New Orleans, they got some they got some dudes over there. They really do. I mean, New Orleans. If you're a New Orleans Pelicans fan, I mean, you're excited, and and, and Zion looks. The man looks shredded, and yeah, that's man. what you want. You, you want him to avoid these little injuries, these nagging injuries, especially with the, with his feet because his weight doesn't help that. And, and listen, I mean, the guy looks like he's been in the gym working. So shout out to Zion, man. I mean, he's 
I don't think the, I don't think the league's ready for Zion this year. I really don't. Kool Aid, how scared of you is Zion? How scared are you of Zion? Hey, Kool Aid. Hey, Kool Aid. <laughs> Zion slaps your girl's butt. What do you do, man? What do you do? Slaps your girl's ass. What do you do? Get uh, Isaiah Stewart. <laughs> <laughs> hey, be still. <laughs> hey, yeah. hey, be, hey, 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 Stewart, come on, man, help me out. Man, it's, it's it's Stewart does like, it. We got some problems. I don't know it, what to do. I'm like, <laughs> I, I'd almost thank him. Like he's like just physically terrifying. Oh my god, Sean thanks him. <laughs> I mean, you gotta call Duran. You gotta call Duran, man. Ben Wallace, you gotta call somebody. Oh man, my gosh. No. But yeah, oh no, man. God. But he, he looks like he's ready to do something special. Another thing I, I just saw is that apparently, according to Alonzo uh, Ball to I mean uh, Lamelo Ball from Media Today today, he's been in contact with Miles Bridges and is rep- and according to him on the record, is hopeful that he will return to the team. Now, other people that are a part of the t- organization, like uh I believe the coach and like other other members of the organization declined to comment on Miles Bridges, yeah, calling the per- situation too personal. Yeah. Um, but guys, I don't know about you all, but I'm just I am not confident at all in what's happening in Charlotte right now. Like the like from from the weird coaching hiring situation Terrible. they had, bringing back Steve Clifford uh, to like just. Everything they like, I just I was like, if if I if you were to like ask me to grade, it's like I was a fan of none of it. It was insane. No, and, and I don't want to. I hate bringing. I hate you know throwing strays at Mark Jackson because I love Mark Jackson. But they they fired their Mark Jackson and hired another Mark Jackson. And what I mean by that is a almost like a bridge head co- head coach like Steve Clifford. No, I mean listen, where where is he leading you to? I'm curious. I, I really am. And on top of that, the culture. Talk about culture of what the Pistons are building. I'm kind of taking a shot at the Hornets right now. What they, culture? What culture? And, and Miles Bridges, oh, he'll be playing ball all right. Won't be anywhere near an NBA arena, I'll tell you that. And it'll be uh, – we'll see what happens with that, but it'll probably be behind bars. I mean, listen, the guy, what he did is is unexcusable. And the fact that he's he, – if he returns to the Hornets this year and gets off scot-free and is able to play NBA games, like that's that's inexcusable, man. I mean, he, he's got to face some sort of legal action for what he did. Like there's no excuse for that. Yeah. Uh, but listen, as LaMelo, clearly you're, you're a teammate of his, a friend, but even before this situation. So I'm not mad at LaMelo for the, the contact with him, but – yeah. Man, that Miles, I mean, they got, yeah. they got a lot going on in Charlotte. They really yeah, and obviously do. he's going to want his guy to come back. You know, that's, right. you know, they had Freaking plans. Of, uh, they had plans of, of, of building a future together. But at the same time, I mean, you know, there's, there's consequences to your actions and, you know, always, uh, you know, with, with a guy like Miles Bridges, I just, you know, I, he definitely won't be there on opening night. Um, it's, it's hard to say at this point, if you'll even be back in the league at all this season, let alone ever again. So I, I don't think you should be back at the very least, not this season I, to see him on a court again, this, this year with what yeah, that quickly, now, I'm not trying to condone anything. You know, we can't sit here yeah. on one hand and we talk about how we feel with the Sarver case. And then we condone or we let something pass on this end or to any level I, I can't do that personally. You know, it's it's something that, you know, first and foremost, get her, get her help, get him help, the correct help that he needs, and make sure that if they're doing anything moving forward together, they're going to do it correctly. Right. Before anybody's talking about, 
oh, let's get them back for the NBA. Let's get that. Is anyone checking in on the fact that they had a family? You know what I mean? Like that. Those are the things that matter, and that's why I yep. love what this front office here with the Pistons are talking about uh, because it is about the well-being of their players all the way around and making sure that it's the right players that fit in with their team and their culture here. You know, whatever Charlotte is doing, they just don't care, man. They well, don't care even, about the culture. Well, and even then, this is a guy that, you know, <clears throat> Jeff, I remember we made a video like a week before this all went down saying, should the Pistons go for Miles Bridges and free agency? And right. that was a legitimate conversation and something that fans were excited <laughs> about. Sean, you know? what I say to that video, I said, I'm like, I'm just worried about his what he's doing off the court. And I didn't know about, the, you know, I'm not saying I, I knew this would happen, but that mm-hmm. was my biggest concern is his focus off the court because we know what he was doing. Listen, you could be, and I'm never going to get, you know, give a player flag for trying to become a rapper. That's, that's fine. I mean, Marvin Bagley for God's sake. Exactly. It's, it's being vocal. It's almost like what, what, what comes first? Like, is right. it, is it basketball or is it, the things that come with playing basketball. And I think for miles bridges, it was those extra things. And on top of that, the guy can't, I mean, decision-making, I mean, that's, that's number one, like his whole, in the whole MA Adoka thing. And I'm not trying to bring this up as a whole wormhole, but if you're going to get, no, rid we'll of get him to first, that in a second, we'll get to that. In a second. If you're going to bring him up in, in, if, excuse me, if you're going to suspend him for an entire season for whatever happened. And I know there's a lot of things that aren't being reported right now. What does Miles Bridges look like? Like, there's no reason this man needs to play basketball this year because it's not like – I don't know the details, yeah. but I don't think M.A. Adoka hurt anybody physically. You know, that that's the thing that – Yeah, well, yeah. Physically hurt them. To, to go on ahead and take any suspense out and just say, hey, you're right. taking off the season while we continue to investigate and we continue to let your legal your legal matter play right. itself out like – well, it this is why the NBA hasn't even – and that's the other thing. The NBA hasn't even gotten involved yet. Like, they are quite literally just, like, letting the legal process, <sighs> you know, true. play out. And that's the thing is, like, before before Miles Bridges even gets signed, the league would have to do their investigation and they would have to have their ruling. But the reason why they haven't is because he, he has a lot big, bigger fish to fry and they might not even have to do anything. He might be in jail. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just where it is. So, you know, ultimately, like, obviously, if Charlotte – would have the opportunity to bring him back. Obviously, I think they would take it. I don't think it's going to happen anytime this year. I think he's at least going to be gone from the game this year. I think a lot of it's going to be dealing with legal stuff. Well, you know, whether or not you'll have to spend any time in jail or, or, you know, do any, you know, like do any significant things there. We'll see. Uh, Obviously, you don't don't really want to get into like the personal stuff because like you said, there's like it does affect a family. It does affect his, his children. You know, th- those are the real victims here. Um, but, you know, at the same time, it's like, you know, it's just the 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 road for recovery for Miles Bridges is going to be a very long one. So I wouldn't be counting on him being in a Charlotte Hornets uniform or an NBA uniform for that matter anytime soon. Yep. And I'm glad that you all, uh, you know, have, have also highlighted the fact that the road to recovery for Miles Bridges has nothing to do with a basketball you know, I, I dislike that. Oh, let's rehab him. Oh, he's going to make his way back to a team, and he's on a team. Look at him. He's back. What does that have to do with his character and what he did? You know, what does that have to do with the people that he hurt? That's yeah. that's ultimately what matters. Is he getting better from that standpoint? Because like he says in some of his rap videos and all this other stuff in his songs, there are people that depend on him. That is truthful. There are people that he has been taken care of, 
uh, you know, whether he's been doing it as responsibly or not, but his family and such, you know, when that type of money comes into your into your life, you start to care for those around you in certain to certain degrees. How about so, all the money he could have gotten this summer? How about all the money that that he that with his okay, actions right, and with his decisions went out went out the table, went off of his children's like that's money that could have that could have gone to his children's children's children. Yeah. And and I think too, uh, um, this is for a lot of athletes too that support others. I mm-hmm. think it's hard for those those players and those people and those men to have guys that say no or or family members that say like this is what needs to happen. Like Amani Bates, for example. Like I'm not saying he's now different mm-hmm. situations. Obviously, Miles Bridges is in the NBA and he's he's getting paid millions of dollars, but it's hard to tell a guy like, well, I don't think that's a great idea when you're being, you know, taken care of. Like it's, it's harder. You're like, okay, you know, this, this is what's got you here. So I'm not going to really butt in. You need, it's, it's too much. Yes, man. You know, that, that, I think that's what Miles Bridges has going on. I mean, you can't, it's hard because you need one of those guys or girls to be like, listen, whatever you're doing, you're it's, it's stupid. I mean, you're going to ruin your whole career, but in the same light, I mean, these people understand that he's probably the breadwinner of the entire family. So what do you say to a guy like that? Who's bringing in millions to you? I mean, it's, it's a it's a tough situation. He's the breadwinner of his extended family. Like that's yeah. that's how much money these guys are making. You know. So at, at the end of the day, yeah. I mean, listen, we'll see how that one develops. But I just thought that was something interesting to bring up. Right. But I did I did want to close and did talk like you know you you touched on it. I did want to briefly bring up the Ime Odoka situation because that's something that developed and happened after this last episode of the pod. Uh, you know, don't really want to get into like you know like what he did because as as of right now all that we know was that he had some form of consensual relationship with a Celtic staffer however um based on things that Matt Barnes has said based on you know a lot of things that journalists and and reporters have been alluding to um and even quite frankly based on things that I've heard and rumblings that I've been hearing this is merely just a a a decibel of it. It sounds like there's a lot more to this situation than than that. I mean, because you have to remember, they brought in a law firm to conduct an investigation, mm-hmm. and based on that investigation, suspended him for an entire year and are not even committed on if he will be back on the team after that suspension. So this I happened. have a feeling. I have a feeling personally, guys, that yeah. once the news comes out that once we figure out what it is, he will not be the coach of the Boston Celtics moving forward. That's And that's the same issue I have with this whole situation, is fire him. Like, you're wasting his time. And not on top of that, too, it's embarrassing, honestly. And this is my theory, and I'm just going to say it because I don't care. I don't. I have, no, I have no relationship to anybody with the Celtics. He had to have had in a relationship with somebody that I, I think the report was it was a woman that was married. It had to be in the front office because there's no reason why this story gets leaked, you know, uh, almost intentionally. Because mm-hmm. it, it, like Stephen A. said, I mean, he, he spoke on this and he was, he was speaking facts, like talking around the league, like not even just the NBA, the NFL, the MLB, different organizations. This happens pretty much with every every single franchise. I mean, I, I listen, I'm not going to speak on the Pistons, but I, this happens a lot. And I think for Ime Adoka, he had to have done something. And again, I think it is more than that one relationship. It, irreparable. Like, it, it, it has to be because for for this to be public right before the yeah. season, like usually these things are handled more in-house, like these things don't really get out, but it had to have been something so bad. Or 
messing with somebody that has power and has the ability to leak this information to try and tarnish your career. It's one of those things. But for me, it's, I just don't get it. Fire him. If you, if you don't want him a part of the organization, you don't have to, we'll just wait and see. What are you going to wait and see? He's already admitted he, he, it was a mistake. He, you know, he, he's willing to accept the punishment. He's willing to stay. They gave him a chance to resign. He didn't take it. He wants to stay. He's committed to the franchise. So why isn't there uh, um, an indication on his future? That's what doesn't make sense to me. If you don't want him, fire him. Like, yeah. what, what is he going to prove to you on his couch for the I, whole I think, season? I think to me, and, and Kool-Aid, you know, I'll, I'll throw it to you, I'll throw it to Ray after this. I think this is a team that I think they understand that the writing's on the wall. I think deep down, they know that they're not that the likelihood of them being able to bring back Ime Udoka is not very high. However, I think you know I think that the reason why they haven't definitively made the decision yet is because I think they're trying to hold out for any hope that they could prepare this and bring it back in some form. Because I think it's just hard. Listen, even even with everything that happened, and and like again, we we will learn more. I'm sure in the coming weeks. We do not know, you know, like I, I don't think we even know a fraction of of what happened. So, uh, you know, I think as as things go on, I think this is a situation now that, you know, has piqued the interest of a lot of reporters. So, uh, yeah. listen, there's just there's no world that there's no world Woj doesn't have something about this within a week, right? <laughs> there's no world that Shams doesn't have something about this within like 48 hours. So. You know, like the the reality of it is, is like we're gonna figure it out. And I think again, like I think at that point, the public, the court of public opinion will ultimately tell what's going to happen. But Kool-Aid, I mean, I, I'm sure your thoughts are similar, man. But it's like, you know, this is someone that you know, Ime Udoka was the second candidate behind Dwayne Casey to come be in Detroit. This is someone that you know I thought very highly of as a coach and as a leader and as someone that could galvanize his, his, his guys. And he was someone that was big to what they did this last season. So just from a basketball standpoint, obviously this is a big blow, but what are your thoughts on this whole situation as a whole? You know, as you brought up the two coaches that were being considered for the, uh, for the job, <clears throat> it brings to something uh, else to light here as it relates to coach Casey. It, looking at it right now, was he the correct hire? Especially when we're talking about culture and we're talking about the, the mentorship of these these young players becoming well-groomed, good men. You know what I mean? Like uh, good basketball players, they talked about them being good citizens. Coach Casey went into detail about, you know, we're trying to teach these guys to be good men. Like even make your bed. You know, put your clothes in the in the in the laundry basket or in your drawer. Like he he talked about things uh, like that last year at uh, at media day. You know, so to know that we got a guy who cares about the character of things, and that Casey and Udoka were at one point in time in the running for the coach here, it's it's that's I, I it's like when you bring it up, it's like yeah, I remember that, but I totally forgot that. You know, as being a re re really really big subplot or backstory to this whole thing going on now. Uh, as business fans, we should be clued in a little bit more. So the intrinsic, you know, values of a guy like Coach Casey and his staff are being talked about, then we might understand what Troy Weaver is doing. You can talk about being an eye for talent. It's like Troy must be able to see everything, you know, to be right. able and to obviously Troy because... wasn't there to hire Coach Casey, but, I mean, Ed Stefanski, right. I mean, That's true. you know, yeah, but, like, Ed yeah. Stefanski is definitely someone that, you know, has that eye and you know ultimately you know they they realized having that experience 
was something that was important. But also, again, you know, like we talk about all the time, the importance of bringing in the right people. And, you know, you know, obviously, like, I, I don't want to make any judgments on Ime Odoka as a person because right. we don't we don't know yet the full context of the story. We don't know the full. I mean, but I, 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 I think there's one thing that's fair to say, and it's it's just disappointing. Yep. And, you know, I think I think from a I, I think, you know, and, and you know, I don't want to speak too much on again on the situation yet, because I, I do think there's just a lot more we're going to learn. And I think at that point we can have more of a conversation. We, we may Perfect. learn more, but. I do appreciate the way that Casey presents himself and absolutely the family that he runs on to the point that. There is it, it, we would never be in a situation like unless it was just something completely hidden, something completely not him. Supposedly with Yodoka, it's not like these things are hidden. It's just you mess with the wrong person this time, type of thing. And I like with what you're saying, Sean. To your credit, we'll wait until everything comes out. But I'm glad that the Pistons are being kind of shepherded by an individual who's yeah. You know, they take character to uh, and family to really, really, really mean something. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely, man. And speaking of family, Kool-Aid, you're my family, man. You're you know, this is a this trio is a family, man. And like, yeah. you know, like I'm I'm just thankful for you and you know for coming on the show and, and you know for all Thank the work you, that you know you're putting in. And uh listen, man, we're gonna be we're gonna be putting out a lot of content this season, mm-hmm. and this is our first full year covering the pistons together, the three of us, and so you know, Kool-Aid, even though you're technically a guest, this is not a network you're a guest on by any means. You're super fundamental in this channel. And I'm just super grateful for you, man. I appreciate you, Sean. I appreciate you, Jeff. It's always dope to make content with you all. Um, we've made some bangers. You know, go back and look at the yes, show, uh, draft lottery coverage as well as the draft show. And uh, I know Dang Adam it. and Jeff held down the post draft lottery uh, coverage as well. Uh, definitely just go back, look at those shows and I'm going to be going back and clipping some stuff from Sean on the morning on some of those, the other shows as well. Morning Woodward. Uh, I think you're on big D energy a couple of times as well, but it's just yeah. awesome to see um, just how far we've come uh, over the last, I don't know what year as we've yeah. to come together as a team, uh, you know, have our goal set before us and um, mm-hmm. let's just crush this season, man. I know that we will. Yeah. I'm proud of you guys man. personally. Appreciate you, man. I'm yeah. proud of what we're doing. Yeah, I, I, I am too, man. And this is, again, the, you know, this is from half court where, you know, we, we talk all things NBA, but obviously it starts with the Pistons here. If you like that, be sure you like this video, subscribe to the podcast, be sure you're subscribed to the channel and sharing with your friends as well, because from half court is your one-stop place for all things NBA. Pistons officially announced the Bojan Bogdanovic trade. Let's go. Let's go, baby. It finally so, happened. People Gotta were waiting it. to see what the actual trade was. People waiting to see when it was announced, if anything else was going to be attached. The only thing I'm seeing that I didn't see before is just cash, cash considerations. Yep. So. Yep. So they sent some money. But with that, uh, be sure you're following my guy at Detroit Kool-Aid for more of those updates and any Pistons news. Be sure you're following my guy, Jeff Iafrady at, at Jeff Iafrady on Twitter and catching my boy Monday through Friday on that morning Woodward show with Adam. And also, if you're feeling charitable, 
Go follow your boy at Sean Half Court and see everything I got going on as well. I'm going to be doing a whole lot of writing and content as well this season. We are ready for the grind because it's that time of year, baby. We're getting locked in. But with that, we want to thank you all so much for tuning in, and we will catch you guys next time from Half Court. Be sure to subscribe.